0: who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. Some people cross your path in life, you don't ask yourself why. You just open up your mind and heart and you just run with it. If there's one thing I've learned from these amazing exchanges is the fact that there's something to be said for both humility and personal truth. My next guest and I have not known each other that long, but from our very first interaction and throughout the wonderful opportunity since, I've gotten to know a truly radiating soul. The calm yet profound sense of presence and mindfulness that Sarah Rose brings into a space is something that cannot be overlooked. Talking with her is both a privilege and an experience. You get this sense of intentional clarity and generosity of time and self that encourages you to do the same and reciprocate. Come to think of it, This shouldn't really come as a surprise given her background as both a certified life coach, mindfulness meditation teacher, as well as a master in neuro-linguistic programming. Through her practice and coaching programs, Sarah aims to help and empower people just like you to train their brains to transform their bodies into the healthiest and happiest they can be. As a fellow podcaster and host of the Mind Body Academy Podcast, the weight loss podcast for entrepreneurs and business-minded people who want to overcome their struggle with their weight, Sarah aims to make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. This episode is packed with insightful perspective and genuine energy. We discuss the discomfort of having to be alone with ourself, embracing the truth of our being with both clarity and acceptance, having the courage to question and reshape our thoughts the stigma that comes from talking about mental health, and so much more. Another amazing conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 127 with Sarah Rose. Here we go. Full confession. Um, you know the funny thing about why i enjoy your connection and you know the friendship that you know that we've built over time even over this really short time because i do feel privileged to call you a friend if you didn't know who you are hey (laughs) um the first time that we connected at the montreal mindset mastermind um because we do have to give a shout out to christopher christopher Didian. is the thing is that when we stepped up and introduced ourselves it was the first time ever, even after two and a half years of putting all this work into this wonderful project called the podcast, it was the first time I ever said out loud, hey, I'm a podcaster. It was the first time I ever did that. And I, for me, I just realized that afterwards, after the day, I realized it's the first time I ever said it out loud because, hey, you tell your friends, you tell your relatives, you tell your wife, obviously, but you never say it out into the world. You have this passion project. You have this side project. You have this, this thing inside of you. That you're putting in sweat, toil, tears for absolutely no other reason than because you love and you're passionate about it. But you hold it within because, hey, is it because you don't want to be judged? But why I'm putting this in, leading into our conversation, the fact that as soon as I said that, what happened? As we took a break, you know, water break, coffee break, what happens? Sarah shows up. Hi, I wanted to start a podcast. And I just was curious as to what that's like. And from there we had a wonderful conversation and we've built a friendship over that and which, which turned into, hey, Sarah has a podcast. Sarah's putting herself out there. Sarah's been encouraging and you've been so supportive throughout, unwaveringly. And I want to thank you for that. And it's with that same synergy, it's that same warmth and that same generosity of heart and soul that I want to welcome you to the Awaken the Awesome Podcast. Sarah, thanks for being here.
1: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me on. I also credit you for so much that's come into my life. It's funny how these encounters can be these moments that create these massive shifts into your life. They are so unexpected, and that's definitely been the case with you. <laughs>
0: it's something that I treasure, but you know what? It's such, it's, it speaks a lot to, because I'm very big about these things these days, about, you know, people need to hear from real people, everyday people, and they need the conversation is not going to change. We need to lean in our personal truth. We need to take that leap. We need to be honest with ourselves about what we want and what we don't want. And I just wanted to get your take on it. Why is it so hard to, you know, just embrace this dream, embrace this weird idea that is within us? Why do we have such a tendency to, you know, water it down, or shield it, or stuff it inside and just pretend as if? Why is that in your personal two cents?
1: That's a good question. I think it's one that a lot of us rumble with, even when we feel like we've kind of found our ground to stand on. And I think it has to do with, especially as we age, this Acceleration that a lot of us experience, where it just feels like the world speeds up all around us and we don't have these moments of checking in anymore, of asking ourselves, like, who are we becoming? And spending time contemplating that, visualizing that, thinking about that, dreaming about that. And in that spiral, a lot of people feel like they've kind of lost themselves. And it's so natural because. The only thing, though, that's changing is our relationships to our thoughts. How many thoughts are flooding us and what we're making, how we're making sense of the world (laughs) through the lens of our interpretation of it. And in a lot of ways, that creates a, a narrowing and very constricted way of being with the world. A lot of us think we're just experiencing reality. But in fact, what we're experiencing are thoughts about reality. But when reality just feels like the truth of it, we don't know how to stop and question what feels true. We don't recognize that we have this capacity to be deciding how we want to make sense of the world and who we want to show up as, no matter what circumstances we're facing.
0: Wow. I really loved uh, an episode that you put out um, I love all of your episodes, but I, there are no favorites. I'm not going to ask you, to, you know, to pick out your baby. Mm-hmm. But I really love the episode you put out in that concept of training your brain. Because just to piggyback on what you just said, that how we perceive the world, how we entertain this relationship with the world, how we create our own reality. And I was just wondering, was that something that you've always done? but Or is it like everybody trial and error and you had to take a few, you know, take a few falls to actually learn? How to reset, because we're all about mindset on this podcast, and how do we train our brain? I was just wondering if you could give us a few cliff notes in regards to, because this is important, because of all we're dealing with right now, a lot of people are having trouble. I believe right now is the, again, talking about the entire pandemic, mindset is your biggest asset. And I was just wondering, what are the best tips in order to train your brain? It was a really, really cool episode. Thanks for that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I put the question out there on Facebook to my community and asked them what they, if they did anything to train their brain and what that meant to them. And a lot of people talked about physical exercise, but I think the missing piece for so many of us is contemplative exercise. So really things specifically to develop mental skill sets and why that's important is something that we're not taught is how to process emotions, and emotions are the reason why we do or don't do anything. Emotions are what end up creating our results in the world. There's nothing more important than to learn how to manage our thoughts and learn how to manage our emotions. Now, a lot of the times, when you look at it, so many of the things that we're taught as we go through life that Other people can hurt our feelings, that other people make us happy. Those kind of things end up being fundamentally wrong. And when we can learn how to appreciate that and take responsibility for our thoughts and emotions, for taking control over the things that we can control and differentiating between the things that we can't, so other people's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, as much as we'd like to think we control them, what really we do have agency, responsibility over, are our thoughts, feelings, (laughs) and um, actions and results. So that's a powerful thing to realize. And yes, some people are more introspective from the get-go. And in my experience, like people who have been through different forms of hardships, and we've all been through them. So we all have our different ways of developing coping mechanisms and introspection and going within, inquiring within. But... uh, um, it's definitely something that we can learn how to develop in ourselves. There are so many practices to learn how to watch our minds think. And <laughs> we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. So you're not sitting there watching. 60 ever-
0: Seriously? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of thoughts. <laughs> and it makes sense, wow. right? If You, you do kind of examine your experience, we spend so much of our days up in our heads, running through our days. And it's not so much that time gets away from us, but we like play this mental ping pong game, this mental tug-of-war of like redeciding so many things that the amount of focus time that we have ends up being very little. So how we show up for our lives and how we show up for the 24 hours that we have in a day is highly influenced by our capacity to have this awareness of what our thinking is creating as a result into our lives. Wow.
0: You know something? And I was having this very honest conversation with my wife. And that's just because maybe, you know, you're, you, you, you know, this, you know, energy is energy. And when you feel the energy in the universe, you, you learn how to sense certain things. A lot of people think this is called woo woo, but I really do believe there is something called balance in, in going on right now. And for me, I was just voicing it in the same way. Um, there's going to be a lot of mental health issues on the other side of this. And I think, It's because a lot of people have not yet learned or accepted how to spend time with themselves. And for some people, that is very hard. And I'm just wondering what you thought. Is that something that I'm just making it up or just getting, you know, just your perspective on it? Because this isolation thing forces you to not just be confined. There's that word again. But also, you know, be aware of what's going on in your life. What are you doing? What are you not doing? And also forces you to spend more time with yourself. And for some people, that is really hard.
1: Yeah. And it's natural that it's hard because going back to what I said earlier, when you're taught that other people are responsible for your emotions, like he said that, and that made me feel like terrible for the rest of my day. Or, you know, that person did that thing and it upset me. People aren't paying, following the COVID 19. Um, regulations, and that's upsetting me, and taking all of that on. But it's really how we think about other people's behaviors and the things that they say that ends up creating how we feel. And when we realize that, that's so liberating because then what we all we have to do is turn inward to examine whether what we're thinking is serving us. If we want to continue to feel that way, and when we're ready to stop feeling that way, we do have the power to make those shifts. But when we go inward, for a lot of the time, it's it's awareness, right? And mm-hmm. when we develop awareness at, in the beginning, especially when it's not something we're in the habit of doing, um, quite often what we become aware of are all the places where it hurts. <laughs> and wow, so okay. we we tend to think of meditation and mindfulness as like, Relaxation and bliss, and it does have all of that. But really, the first thing that comes into focus a lot of the time are is the discomfort that we've been unwilling to experience, that we've been buffering away from through all these distractions and the overeating and the overspending and the over Netflixing. And all of a sudden, you drop into the relationship that you have with yourself, and you start to realize, like all the places where you don't really have your own back, that you know phrase of your you're own worst inner critic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For so many of us, there's this kind of realization that they've been living with a stranger and that that stranger is them. And who am I? And I think that's where it, some people, it can be so uncomfortable that, we kind of contract away of like wanting to just go unconscious again, but it's really realizing that that space that opens up for you to acknowledge the kind of relationship you have with yourself is the space of choice. And when you turn towards yourself and you turn towards the discomfort and you choose to be in the discomfort, the, it's the discomfort that we have about the discomfort that makes it so intolerable. So when you remove that second layer, that's when some compassion come in can come in. And so, you know, I'm in a two-year mindfulness meditation teacher program with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. Who?
0: Oh, that is so cool.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> and I have peers from all over the world um, with me, and, and I'm in a smaller group and. There was somebody who was commenting on this and then our mentor asked him, you know, would you choose to, to not have this awareness of the pain you're experiencing? And his answer was like, no, because even if I'm more aware of where I'm not paying attention, of where it hurts, all of a sudden now I, I have a capacity to be with it and to heal what's needing my attention. Pain is really just a signal to pay attention. And because we have so many sources of easy distraction, of false and fast pleasure, we end up sacrificing our well-being for these, like, doses of pleasure. But if you look how we evolved, think of, like, how much discomfort and how much negative emotion that our ancestors had no way of escaping. (laughs) How much that allowed them to develop this capacity to be with that part of life that ends up evolving us. If you scan through your life and you look for all the places, all the character traits, all those things that you're most proud of, often they're linked to the, the things that you had to overcome to become who you are today. And yet we, we resist are. discomfort. And so many people come to me in my coaching business and they tell me they just want to be happy. And we're living in this happiness trap. Because if you look at one of the ingredients of growth and evolving, it's discomfort. And when we can tell ourselves affirm to ourselves that we can do hard things, that's when like, life opens up to you.
0: We are the sum. And yeah, that was such a powerful, powerful account. I believe that, you know, as you said, we are the sum of our challenges and the challenges that we overcome or not, and eventually what wisdom we walk away from with those experiences. And this is one of the reasons why I enjoy talking to you so much, because even on our initial conversation, even transitioning to lunch and even into the afternoon, there's this warmth and this genuine light energy about you, whether in your voice, your interaction, your demeanor that I just love it is so Mm -hmm. precious and I was just again because you you're very open about you know all your vulnerability and all the challenges that you have to overcome weight issues and leaning in and being into yourself even right now going through uh, this two-year program I'm sorry and you're still building you know layer after layer after layer and you know is that something that was always there or is that something that we just blew that eventually blew? I'm wondering where did that come from? Where did this, because every time I talk to you is like, there's such a presence and there's such, because I totally understand this, you know, being on the, on the other end of in, doing all the interviews, I know that you have to listen, but I love that about you because you're so, there's such a warm, genuine, welcoming energy. And I was just wondering, where does that come from? You
1: know, There's this photographer who once captioned one of his images that said, is what we did when we were kids childish or exactly what we should be doing? And, you know, I look back on my life and I feel like my earlier part of life, I grew up really, really quickly. I experienced some early childhood trauma, like several different things that happened to me. And I feel like I got to be a kid again later in my life. Where if you know me, and actually, I sat down for coffee before all of this happened with my stepdad in a coffee shop, and he turned to me and he said, You know, who you were 10 years ago, it's like you died and you're another person. (laughs) And it really. You know, I've had these moments of feeling like I've had so many lifetimes in this lifetime that have led up to here. And each time I've become more curious about not only the world and other people and how it is that I want to contribute, the work that I do and I'm so passionate about. But fundamentally, the root of all that is like is yourself and when I was studying psychology and behavioral neuroscience, it 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 was a, actually I had begun going into university thinking I wanted to be a diplomat. So I studied international relations, and a lot of it. The most potent theories were extrapolations of psycho, psychological theories. So taking interpersonal relationships and and using the dynamics of that to explain the behaviors of nation states.
0: Uh
1: And then I thought, how do you want to heal the relationship between these like massive entities that are collections of people and collections of thoughts and cultures when you don't understand how to heal the relationship with your mom, when you don't know how to heal the relationship with your neighbor, with your child. And and even before that, the relationship you have with yourself. So that was the pivot for me of really recognizing that so many of us want to fix and change and have an effect on the world. But if you want to fix and change and have an effect on the world, you all you have to take responsibility for is your world. When you change yourself, the world changes because you're part of the world. So you get to decide what you want to be an example of in this world and go be that.
0: So we do have a choice, and but it all starts with us. And you hear that often, but a lot of people are still fixated on the fact that, well, you know, I need to be Richard Branson to change the world. I need to be Mother Teresa to change the world. I need to be Tony Robbins to change the world. Well, how about starting yourself? That's that's one person. That is and that is a huge achievement unto itself. But we're always looking outward when from what I'm getting from you is that we should be looking inward. That's where it starts.
1: Yeah. And in many ways, technology today has expanded our capacity to connect in some ways, but also created this layer of disconnection and especially disconnection with ourselves. Because what I'm witnessing more and more is this don't know mind because every time we have a question, we can just take it to Google. We can find a YouTube video to explain something to us. We aren't trusting ourselves anymore to come up with our own answers. And then this indecisiveness, this incapacity to, to, problem solve from within makes us very problem focused and not solution oriented because we're trying to make sense of things externally and and we're missing ourselves in that equation
0: so is it that that kind of revelation and growth into yourself that you know that opened you up to you know the fellow human and the human condition that sensibility that I enjoy about you is that why you got into the entire life coaching path
1: yeah um I actually have a very unconventional path and I feel like that's why I experience unconventional levels of well-being in my life and good fortune I feel um my reason for becoming a life coach was at the time when I was studying psychology and behavioral neuroscience, I, I felt that there was something missing in what we were being taught. And a lot was focused on diagnosis and, and the parts of life that we could, that are like diagnosable. And in that, it was like the word "psychology" almost has this undertone that it 's like something has to be wrong with you. You like throw the word psychology into a conversation, everyone 's like, "Not me yet. <laughs> i don 't have a psychology what 's that right but <laughs> what what 's missing is this importance of of taking care that we have a capacity to condition and train our mental health, that just like our, bene- our bodies benefit from regular conditioning and training and care, so too do our minds. And we can, there are practices, contemplative practices, self-coaching practices, mindfulness practices, specifically directed towards the mind to develop these skill sets that end up creating our entire lives. The way that we manage our minds and our emotions is what gives us the capacity to take action. The reason why you're in confusion, the reason why you don't know what to do next, the reason why you're procrastinating has everything to do with your mental health. Yet it's still, and I think we've made some progress on this, but still something that we don't tend to think about unless. We feel like we're experiencing something that we feel we could label as anxiety or depression, but all of us have a mental health <laughs> and all of us benefit from this regular mental hygiene and recognizing that this is something that we can do. It's like incredible. So I think there's a, a, such a valid place for psychologists and and coaches together to be helping people intentionally create their lives and go where a psychologist tends to work with someone to go from um not fully functional in their lives or not dysfunctional in their lives to functional a life coach really works with you to take yourself from functional overall to highly functional to creating very specific outcomes into your life and of course over the past year, I've chosen to specialize in the area of weight loss. For me, that decision came from the place of of my own life experiences of recognizing when you have that foundation of physical and mental health in place, there's nothing that you can't create on top of that. And seeing my business growth and all of that come into place once I freed up the mental and emotional bandwidth to not be Mm -hmm. thinking about my body image should not be thinking about food all the time. It's like now you recognize that your body isn't just a body. It's the vehicle for you to make that contribution you want to make in the world. And it's the relationship that you have to develop with yourself to have your own back that supports you in going out and creating a big life for yourself.
0: I celebrate you for that because of whether through the podcast episodes, whether through your Instagram posts, it's all you. It's all about you. You call it the Mind Body Academy, but it's also, you know, about you. And this is you putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, telling your stories and being very open in regards to, hey, I want to help you from a very genuine and heartfelt place. And I think that speaks a lot in regards to those individuals that say they want to help, but hmm, maybe again, they're just trying to promote a certain kind of expertise that maybe they don't have. So for those people who might be curious or tempted and try to take on, uh, you know, that next step towards, you know, working with a life coach, what are some of the, you know, do's and don'ts, pros and cons, and how do we go about properly finding a life coach coach that works for us? Because I believe, you know, different stroke for different folks, but what would be your tips in terms of, you know, uh, bringing on that relationship?
1: That's a really good question because uh, life coaching is a recent industry. It's been around for probably around 25 years. And when I got started in the industry and I told people I was a life coach, most people would be like, a what? (laughs) A fitness coach? What? And I still get that to this day. Um, So it's an unregulated industry. And advice would be the way that I've gone about hiring all the coaches that have come into my life. And I've, I've, I will say too, I've hired one time a coach that it didn't work out and I'll explain the difference. So hmm. um, the coaches that I've hired that have just blown my whole life wide open, um, they, I got to know them very well through the content that they were putting out. And they allowed me to start creating results into my life before I'd even directly worked with them. And so because I believed that they could help, that they had the intention to help, I felt like I almost knew them. It felt comfortable for me to take that next step to reach out and work directly with them. And so one of my most recent certifications, I had a good friend of mine, who said, you have to listen to this woman. And I, I discovered her. her name is Brooke Castillo and her podcast is called The Life Coach School Podcast. And I heard she had a certification program and I was like, oh, I have to do this. I just have to do this. And then I found out how much it was. <laughs> and I was like,
0: I'm going to study
1: the podcast. <laughs> it's fine. I don't need to. And over uh, about probably eight months. I saw my, I was able to witness my brain go from no way ever would, I can't believe humans drop that much money on a certification. Wow. to this is no brainer money. I would spend this, I would spend double this. I would do it again. It's the best investment I've ever made in my life. So I think what I've learned for myself is, is you know, there's ads today are going to be directed towards you because <laughs> the Google Plex and the like online web knows your web history. And so you're going to see a lot of things that touch on your pain points and insecurities. And you want to make sure that you're making your buying decisions from a place of of confidence in not only the offer that the person is making, not only in that person making the offer, but also in your in yourself. Nobody is going to come in and solve all your problems for you. And working with a coach is you're like, you want to have the confidence that they have the tools for you to be able to go out and do the work to shift your life. And my time where I hired a coach where it didn't work out, I was in a place of being in a hurry and like uh, definitely scarcity wanting and confusion. And I felt, and, and like typically where I, I get to know the person a little bit sometimes that can happen really quickly. Like you just listen to one of their podcast episodes or read through something that they wrote. And you're just like, this person gets me. I, I believe that they can help me. I, I want to find out more and quite often a lot of coaches offer their first session free, not, not all coaches, but, Mm -hmm. um, that's a way for you to go in and experience what it's like to be coached because most of us don't even have that experience. But the time where I, I didn't make the best hiring decision. I wasn't coming from a place of sufficiency. And Mm -hmm. recognizing that is is an important first step. Like, why am I choosing this person? Is it because I think they are going to offer me the how-to? Because here's the thing. Brooke Castillo actually teaches this concept called how greed. And basically, today, we're very hungry to be given the house for things there's like a for dummies for everything like the most um, delicious titles out there like all these how to do whatever mm-hmm. you can go on a site like masterclass and watch an athlete teach you how to shoot the perfect hoop. But if you go watch that video and then you go try and shoot that perfect hoop, you're probably not going to shoot the perfect hoop right away because how we learn how to do things in our lives is by doing the thing and also by not doing the thing. So trying to do it, coming up short of our expectations, and then getting good at iterating and making the adaptations to start to get good at meeting our expectations of developing the skill of doing the thing. So that's why expecting someone to give you the how-to to, to do everything very specifically, um, you need someone who's going to be able to hold space for your specific situation, for your capacity to manage your mind and your emotions so that you're able to follow through on what they offer as advice. See, <laughs> yeah.
0: There you go. And thank you so much for bringing up Masterclass because it brings back, Again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to, to play down. Okay, everybody needs to learn in any which way. But I saw one, because, you know, the Google ads always pop up, you know, on YouTube and everything. And I saw one for Simone Biles. Simone mm. Biles, Olympic medalist, gymnast. Learn how to, you know, learn about Simone Biles' methods on a masterclass. Like, really? How, I'm going to practice this? How? Uh-oh. I don't know. Okay, fine. But that's just me being cynical. But I believe... You have to do the work. Everything is going to require you to do the work because eventually you can, like, as you said, you have to do the thing. You have to keep doing the thing and do the thing again. You know, just knock your teeth out and do the thing. And you're so right in terms of how we must learn to master the process, appreciate the process, because it is going to take some time. And a lot of people wrestle with that because, yeah, I get it. I know I'm supposed to put into work and learn resilience and, and time and, and consistency. Yeah. But give me the shortcut. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's funny. It re- <laughs> it's really funny. It is. It is funny.
1: It is because in the end, we end up being in a hurry going nowhere fast. And that's where, you know, recently, I think somebody posted something that said along the lines of, like if you're focused on survival, you don't have time to, to slow down or, you know, pause right now. I'm like, I feel like the opposite is true. You can't afford not to slow down when it feels like the world is speeding up around you and like you're putting out fires. Like the only way to move forward with direction and intention is learning how to slow down enough to not be creating problems on top of problems that lead you to be constantly in this mode of reactivity. You're either reacting to your life or you're creating your life. The way that you start creating your life and desirable outcomes is by learning how to take these intentional steps back so you now have enough perspective to go to work in your life. So you're working on your life with perspective. When you take those reflective pauses, you learn how to look at Where am I going? What am I creating? What am I thinking that's creating my current results in my life? And how can I manage my emotions better to be taking action consistently, right? Why do we not take action consistently? (laughs) Where are we tripping ourselves up?
0: You need to know about you. You need to know your triggers. You need to know what sets you off. You need to know what makes you whole and what makes you, you know, what gets you jazzed. You need to know this about yourself, the good and the bad. You know, and we have to do that work consistently because I believe you weren't the same person who you were at six year old, who you were at 12, who you were at 15, who you were at 20, who you are now are different people. You need to know the manual of those people and it's different layers of yourself. And it's a beautiful discovery. Um, new hat, new goals, new tasks, new tactics, new habits. Someone started a podcast, took her some time, but <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I want to say this. For the record, I am very proud of you. I enjoy what you've I been putting that. out. I really, really, really enjoy it. It's, it's beautiful. It's totally you. I enjoy the consistency. I enjoy the creativity. You know, all the mindfulness. This definitely speaks to your message. And it's definitely the the authenticity. Because uh, something we've talked about as well, the authenticity is something that, you know, and also it, it, it shows a lot of, can I use the word genuineness?
1: There <laughs> sure. are we can I really words. En- I feel like that's I a really, thing.
0: <laughs> I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And I was just wondering, what was the what was the adventure like for you so far?
1: It's been just such a gift. And I'm so grateful to you for holding the mirror of what was possible for me. It took some time to get started because I felt like This was something that I wanted to have that I was passionate about creating and I wanted to be in a place where I had developed the commitment to it that where I wasn't at like a nine on 10 commitment that I was going to follow through on this weekly. And the reason for that is what I found in my own experiences. And I found this phrase more recently. It says, 100% 100% commitment is always going to be easier than 99% commitment. And the reason for that is when you haven't decided that you're going to do something 100%, you're always having to redecide in the moment based on how you feel, and you're never going to be able to get yourself all the way to the, your desired result because your feelings are always going to win out, win out over your, your rational mind. So it's, it's like the planning mind, the well-being mind has nothing over that depleted state when you're tired and you're deciding, like, I committed to putting out an episode tomorrow. Am I going to do this? Um, if you haven't brought that commitment level all the way up to a 10. So for me, that was important. And going through these times and being able to have this creative outlook, outlet, it's like, Ah, uh, I can like my sigh, my soul sighs <laughs> that I have the privilege of being able to connect with all these people um, who who I'm just so grateful are out there and listening into what I've been creating on the Mind Body Academy podcast, and I'm excited for where things can go. And I've noticed so many thoughts too of one thing for me that I work on in my own life a lot is putting pressure on myself. And sometimes I, because I have the privilege of like a lot of my peers and in my programs have like 20, 25 years on me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I end up comparing myself at times or just feeling like I should be further ahead than I am. Like I forget that I'm (laughs) the age that I am. And with the podcast, I was listening to my role model and mentor, Brooke Castillo's, and she mentioned that she podcasted for a year and it had no impact on her business, on her income at all, other than she was not, she was building up this huge business asset this whole it's her legacy it's like the coolest thing I think about that sometimes too like one day when I have a kid or kids and a family this is like me at this age that they can go back and listen to it. me at this stage in my life and business how incredibly cool is that so I think when I get too much in my head about what I want it to produce as a result um. How I'd I'd love for it to be um, supporting my clients in the best way possible, and creating clients, and all of those things that come along with podcasting.
0: Because it opens. I've up a learned
1: lot. to detach myself from that and immerse myself, and just like speak into the mic and speak into the hearts of of those that I feel I would have needed to hear this, and I want people to know this, and and I can just connect with them and feel the presence because we're all needing to be spoken to about different things. And I think that's why there's so many podcasts out there that are resonating and that we actively seek it out. You spend so much time with these people in your ear that sometimes you're spending more time with them than your friends or family and they feel like friends and family. And it's an amazing thing.
0: What kind of feedback have you been getting? You get uh, listener comments and stuff. How how does that feel?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not everyone's gonna reach out to you directly, but it's been the funniest thing to bump into people in passing and then mentioning that they never miss an episode or that kind of thing. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know you were there. (laughs) But like, I love that you're there. And and so feedback on, on that end, sometimes you don't know, and sometimes the listenership is, is really low, and, and it's not about that. And I always, you know, think of how I consume podcasts, too, of find someone that I love, and I find them to be a resource, a presence in my life. I'll go back, and so <laughs> tell myself that, too. It doesn't matter, and also I'm getting better and better at just relaxing into the whole process of recording a podcast uh, as mine is a solo cast so like speaking for 30 45 minutes about a specific topic learning to find that flow it's it's hard at first like one episode especially in the beginning <laughs> it would take like mm-hmm. A full day, (laughs) a full day minimum, plus lots of days of research of just putting it together into something concise and making it simple but not simpler and trying to not overcomplicate things. Um, Just, yeah. And you become a storyteller, you know? And that's not something we're all born with either.
0: (laughs) You can only do by doing to get back on what you were saying because, and take this uh, from a friend, it's going to get easier. You can only do by doing, but you must not stop doing because you're going to get use that word flow. Your flow will reveal itself one episode after another, whether it's a solo, whether it's an interview. Keep in that consistency because eventually you're going to try stuff out and then you're going to realize, oh, okay, this works. And then you're going to stick with that and it will reveal itself. But it's something that is so genuine. That's why I really love tuning in. And it's always something that, you know, It's always refreshing, especially when somebody you know is like, "Hey, I'm so proud to see you." Like, you know how she's doing is just like, wow! It's (laughs) it's really it's really cool. It's really cool, and I see nothing but greatness for you because it's a wonderful, genuine, and heartfelt mission that you're on. Um, Because through all the interaction that we've had, (laughs) shameless (laughs) plug, shameless plug. But it's true. It's true. You know, I just I don't just throw words out into the universe. Whether we connect on WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever, you know, I'm very much about that. And um, I really believe that you're doing something great um, because people, we need to understand ourselves better. Uh, we need to take care of our minds and we need to take care of our bodies because what's happening right now, we need to be a little bit more mindful of what we ingest, not just in our content, but the food and how we take care of ourselves as a whole, these vehicles, these physical vehicles that we're blessed with to continue this path uh, called life is something that we need to cherish. You know, if we can take care of our cars, you know, we can replace our cell phones. Hey, let's take care of our bodies. And it's something that, you know, you and wonderful people like you are on a terrific mission. And I want to celebrate you for that, Sarah. I use that word very, very, very thoughtfully because I want to celebrate you for that because it's something that you put all your heart in and you're definitely growing into your own. And it's something that I'm privileged to witness. And I wanna celebrate you for that. Really. Thank you for this wonderful conversation.
1: Thank you. What a gift.
0: <laughs> Time for shameless plugging. Where can the listeners connect with you on the interwebs?
1: They can connect with me by subscribing to my podcast on iTunes or Spotify. It's called the Mind Body Academy podcast. <laughs> and definitely. then I have my website called www.mindbody.academy yes it's a dot dot academy and you can find my free how to stop overeating class by um just plugging your email in there and then we can talk that way and then i have the genius body community over on facebook which you are welcome to come hang out in that party online there with me. <laughs> Yay,
0: Guys, don't miss it out. Please do subscribe to the Mind Body Academy podcast. Definitely. As you know, I'm going to link all the links and all the web presences on the blog post, as I always do on the, on the blog post once it goes live. Um, last running tradition, as I always like to open up the floor to the guests. If you've been a faithful listener, you know where this is going. A quote, call to action. Just a mantra, whatever, that anybody can wake up to, taking that next step towards the next level. What can we leave the listeners with, Sarah?
1: For me, it would be this saying from the Buddha, which is, with our thoughts, we create the world. And right now, the world is changing, and we can either let change happen to us, or we can participate in the change and decide what are the parts of normal that aren't worth rushing back to? What do we want to create as a new normal for ourselves on the other side of what's happening right now?
0: Wow. See, I was just felt energized right now. Sarah Rose. Thank you so much for your wonderful spirit, for your tremendously valuable friendship. I enjoyed this connection and something that I want us to keep going You know, we're not going to lose each other over the Instagrams and the WhatsApps of the world to the next time we actually sit down for another lunch or another coffee. You know, when this world, when this entire madness calms down, looking forward to seeing you, you know, because we definitely need to, you know, lock it into the universe. And then on the other side of this, but we're definitely looking forward to having you back on the podcast. As you know, open invite, you're always welcome back. But I really want to thank you because this was such an energizing conversation. I really want to thank you for that.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure, my friend.
0: Guys, another episode of Awaken the Awesome in the can with my guest, Sarah Rose. Guys, as always, take care of yourselves and each other. Have a wonderful evening. Do take care. Stay blessed. Stay resilient. Share the podcast. Little ratings on Apple Podcasts will be appreciated. But as always, stay resilient. Stay awesome. Have a terrific evening. Love you guys. Ciao. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.